Hey mama, it's Camry Monet. Thank you so much for tuning in to Mom Goals where we tackle all things motherhood. Listen, motherhood is a calling and a ministry that is not to be taken lightly. But let's be real, y'all. Mom life can be so darn hectic. So I want to invite you to embark on this journey with me to becoming hashtag mom goals. Hey, mamas, welcome back to the Mom Goals podcast. I am your host, Camry, and we have Miss princess here the co-host of mom goals um before we get started i just want to quickly introduce myself in case you do not know me or you're not familiar with me uh, my name is camry i go by camry monet and i'm a wife and mama of five i'm uh, the author and creator of the mom bible which is a 12-week daily action planner designed for every kind of mama to help her get her life in order and then i'm also a mom coach and <laughs> i'm also the founder of the mom village which is a christ-centered community for moms so um welcome to mom goals and this podcast i want to i want to do another intro because I, I feel like if for the viewers who have never uh heard of mom goals mm -hmm. i want to give a quick a quick description real quick okay so first of all mom goals this is a christ-centered podcast as well we are both women of God, we love us some Jesus. So when you come to this podcast, you're gonna hear a lot about scripture. You're gonna hear a lot about God, all of that. Okay, so just, just be ready, okay? But also we are on a journey to becoming mom goals. And so we want to invite you to embark on that journey with us because we all have room to grow in various areas of our lives. So anyway, I'll stop talking and I'll let, go ahead and let Princess introduce herself. <laughs> well, hi, I'm Princess. I am a, I'm also a mom, mom of three girls. I am a single mom. Um, I help visionaries with the back ends of their businesses. And I also help women understand who they are in Christ so they can live in freedom without compromising what they believe in. Mm -hmm. I love that. That, for some reason today, that hit different. I like that. I like that. Okay. All right. So today we're going to be talking about raising godly children in today's society. This is going to be a real interesting topic, I think, yeah. because if we just look outside and open our eyes, today's time, it like, we can go so many directions with this. We sure can. It's a lot going on. Because it's like, how do you... How do you raise godly children in today's time? Like, everything is just out there. Mm -hmm. They go to school. They're faced with things. I had um, my daughter. She is in the seventh grade. And last year, she came and she was like, Mom, somebody asked me a really strange question, and I didn't know how to answer it. And I was like, oh, what happened? And she was like, well... So I was in the cafeteria and these two boys came up to me and they were like, um, do you think we look good together? And she was like, what? And she just was kind of confused because she didn't like realize like that they were talking about them, like the two guys. 
And so what I mean is even in that, and she was in sixth grade at that time. Sixth grade. Wow. So with that being said and all the, the things in today's time, it's just, it's everywhere. And it's hard to, you can't shield them mm -hmm. from seeing these things. Yeah. And that was a, I was shocked myself. I was like, we, what? Sixth grade? We in remember. sixth grade and y'all, you know, already. First of all, why are y'all dating in the first place? Like, y'all too young to be trying to be having boyfriend, girlfriend. But we talking about boyfriend, boyfriend in the sixth grade. I'm glad I, I mentioned that the, the Christ-centered podcast. <laughs> it's just yes, so anybody, yes. like, because this, this, we believe in the Bible over here, okay? We believe in the word of God. Mm -hmm. So just, I had to throw that out. I had to put that little sidebar in real quick. Yeah. Uh, just so it don't get it twisted. There ain't really no argument because we know what scripture says as yeah. well as other stuff. So, yeah. Um, but so for me, you know, since I homeschooled for uh, six years, mm -hmm. I had the ability to shield my kids. I, I was able to shelter them from a lot. Yeah. Still, we, we you know when you go out to the grocery store, we go to amusement parks. There was actually one time that my son, we were on a ride at where were we? I can't even remember where we were, uh, but we were on a ride, and he saw two men go in just in each other, just just kissing. Uh, it was it was over the top. First of all, the way that they were going at it, I'm like, what? No, no couple. Like and it was just too much. Like they were getting ready to, that was getting ready to go to the next level. Mm -hmm. And I was, I tried to distract him and I tried to like hurry up and get his attention. So I'm like, just yeah. to distract him. Yeah. But he ended up seeing it. He didn't say anything immediately, mm -hmm. but he was like, mama, did you see that? It was later on the day. You, mm -hmm. Did you see that? Yeah. And I said, see what? And I was like, Lord, please. Oh, I hope he did not see the men. He said, the the that was that was two men kissing right and I was like yeah mm -hmm. and I had to then that's when that I had to have the conversation because I couldn't just ignore it like I had to have that conversation yeah however with us being homeschoolers mm -hmm. more people that there were more homeschool groups that were more inclusive so we also had experience yeah. um a little a, a little boy he was transgender mm -hmm. um. So anyway, okay, I'm getting too deep into it, but I, but teaching them the word, I had to teach them what the word of God says, mm -hmm. but then I also had to come back and, and, and teach them about in, being inclusive mm -hmm. and not judging and not like, because I don't want my kids to be like, oh, uh-uh, oh, we can't play with you because of this. Like, you need to know what's right and wrong. Yeah. And if maybe if God leads you to do something, you know, say something, mm -hmm. but um, I also wanted them because to be honest, to be honest, I I have this is just how I was raised. I could I was always that judgmental person, and I would tell the kids if you don't we don't do this, and this is bad, and this is bad, and this is bad, and then they go out in public, and then they start being like mean, thinking that uh uh no yeah you can say no, but that's them that's their lives. Mm -hmm. You don't you don't be mean about it. Anyway, that's funny that I just thought about that because that's kind of been my whole But I think, thing. too, with that, um, with teaching the kids, of course, right from wrong, mm -hmm. it's 
helping them understand that these are things that you don't participate or partake in. So when you are faced with the moment where they're like, okay, well, it's okay. We're going to, um, we about to go skip school real quick, you know, or go behind the building or let's meet up under the bleachers at lunchtime. Mm. You know, just, yeah, just throw some stuff out there. (laughs) I'm like, I don't know what go down. Listen, we've been there before. So, (laughs) yeah. hmm. Um, it's when they're faced with those situations, what is your stance on it? Like as a child, from what you've been taught, are you able to look them in the eye and be like, yeah, no, I'm not gonna, yeah. I'm not interested in doing that. And so I think that's when it comes to discernment mm-hmm. because first of all, first of all, hold up, let me back up. When it comes to raising these kids, yeah, we got to go to God first. Mm-hmm. We literally have to go to God because we don't always know the answers. And in that moment, so back at the the amusement park, I couldn't respond quickly because if I would have responded, it would have it would have not come from a good place. Mm -hmm. Like if I would have reacted, it would have been all wrong. Then that would have been a seed that was planted all out of just me reacting. Yeah. And so I definitely had to stop for a second and pray. Mm-hmm. Okay, God, how do I deal with this? I don't know. I don't know how to introduce this to my child. So I think that it's good to go to God. Yeah. To get his wisdom first. Mm-hmm. Because there's so much out in this world. And a lot of things we have to handle with care and do it right. Because whatever we do is going to follow them their entire lives. Yeah. I think it's. I mean, it's good for them to see your reaction because you're there. And so these are, we're going to have some, the actual points. Because it's like, it's all circling in. As I'm getting ready to say, we have to mm-hmm. model. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> Model these things. But just like, even in that moment when you saw that happening, you're like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. What is your natural response to that? Like, is there... Are there areas within yourself that you think could have been, like, is your your view on the situation? Did you have, like, that judgmental flag? Did it come up? Or was it like, you know, I can't believe that they're out here doing this in public. Yeah. Versus, oh, my gosh, I can't believe two men out here doing all this in public. Because whether it's the two men, yeah, it's worse Mm -hmm. in our heads, right? Right. But what if it was a man and a woman? And it's like, y'all need to really go get, because either way it goes, it's public displays of affection and we have children around. Mm -hmm. So the point of the matter is they don't need to see all of that. Mm -mm. And y'all just out here just going to town. Like, can y'all like go somewhere Go get a room. That's when you say, get a room. Yeah. I mean, because everybody don't want to see that. Mm -hmm. And apparently they don't care. No, not, not at all. And again, like you said, like I've seen just any... Any kind of couples, same sex, yeah, uh, different sex couples, doing that, and it bothers me. So mm-hmm. I think, and, and so when you say, is it a judgmental? That's for me. That's what will raise up. Because first of all, let's be honest, we all got some type of, we all have flaws. Like we yeah. all have these things in us that need to be worked on. Mm-hmm. But putting them on the forefront and not thinking first and letting your flesh react. The reaction, when we are reactive, is more than likely it's our flesh when we don't stop to think before we, before Mm -hmm. we speak. And so that, now that moment, 
I was so proud of myself because I was like, I could, I must be growing because I did not go off. I didn't just say, because in, in my mind, if I did, then he'll just know that that's bad. Don't ever do that. Just that's horrible if I would have reacted the way I did. But um, so it's modeling, really Listen. modeling what you want. Your, like, I, I don't, I don't want to put my, um, I don't think we should be wearing our shortcomings, our flaws on putting them, like wearing them as a costume. Mm-hmm. I didn't say that right. Not wearing them as a costume, but like, I'm not going to put that on the pedestal. Mm-hmm. I know I struggle in the area, but I'm, I'm going to be conscious of what I'm doing in front of my kids. Yeah. I like, just like, say if I had a, uh, let me think, say if I had a issue with, um, I'm going to just use cussing as an example. Mm-hmm. Now I'm saved and I know it's wrong. Yeah. I'm not going to put that on display. It may be a struggle of mine, but am I going to just do that in front of the kids mm-hmm. and just say it's okay? Like, no, I'm a, I'm a be more conscious. And so I guess my point is just modeling um, how as Christians we are to live. Right. How we are to um, handle other people. Mm-hmm. How we are to, like, just how we encounter different people, different situations. We teaching them. Like, I, definitely, I was getting ready to bring up something, but I was like, mm, let, let me let me wait. <laughs> I definitely think that that's important because just I know we're talking about our kids specifically, but people are watching us, mm-hmm. especially if you've got if you mentor anybody, if you've got younger siblings, if you've got older siblings, if you got people that you're trying to bring to Christ mm-hmm. and you just got all kind of eyes on you. And when you put that badge on and you say, I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. I'm a Christian. Oh, okay, you are. We're going to we're going to be looking at you to see like is this worth stepping Girl. into? Yes, that is. And so, so when I think about modeling even in a in a different aspect, still for the children, but like there's so many instances I can bring up. Social media is, is real big at this at this point in life right now. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of hard to avoid it unless you just don't do social media. But e- either way, yeah, it's real easy for people to get in contact with you is what I mean. And they may not always be nice. It may it may not always be a pleasant experience mm-hmm. on social media. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like when you're faced with those oppositions, when you're faced with people that don't believe the same way that you do, people that don't think anything is wrong with these things, how do you respond to that? And that's what I think needs to be talked about. We, I like to say, when you speak, you speak with grace. Mm-hmm. Yes, they may be totally out of line. Mm-hmm. But even if you're in the grocery store and somebody just, I don't know, cut in front of you, in the line or bump into you and don't say excuse me or you were reaching for the last bag of Doritos and they came and just snatched them. Mm -hmm. What is your response? Yeah. Because even the babies could be in the basket. They could be with you watching and they want to see how do you handle situations like this? How should I handle? Because we can tell them one thing, but our actions have to align with that as well. You're not going to tell me, princess, I need you to make sure that next time this happens, you do this. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay. But then just hypothetically speaking, I just to be happy to be with you. Yeah. Same situation happens. 
And what you told me to do is the opposite of what you do. Mm -hmm. So now I'm looking like, okay, so should I do what you told me to do or should I do what you doing? Right. Because you showing me something different. Yes. And that's where the hypocritical stuff started coming mm -hmm. in. And the kids, I mean, they watching all of that. They watching all they of watching, it. They watching. And if they bold enough, they're going to call you out. But mommy, mommy I did thought... you, mm -hmm. did you say, okay, so I could have sworn yesterday you told us not to cuss, but when that lady cut you off in traffic, you said this. Make it practical. Come on. So <laughs> they, yeah, they watching every single thing. So that's where it starts. That's where it Everything. starts is, our, is in our actions and how we model that. And again, like I said, you got to be even more mindful when it comes to the kids. Yeah. Because they're sponges. They are sponges. They're soaking it all And in. they watching us. The world is watching us. The world is looking to see how she going to respond. Because it, yeah. there's people out there that know you a Christian. Mm -hmm. And they watch, they literally, go, they will scrutinize every little bitty thing you do. So the minute that you slip up. And again, I'm not, and I'm not saying this because I feel like we need to, we have to be perfect, but I'm just saying that being mindful right. of not only just, not just of our kids watching us, but people, like you said, mentors. Yeah. I, and how I, you I carry yourself. Yeah. You, you yeah. need to carry yourself like you are a child of God. Yeah. Cause you are. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't know how long ago it was it. When I was a kid, though, what would Jesus do was like a real popping thing then mm -hmm. and stuff. Like we had the wristbands and all the different things. Yeah. And it's like, but if you think about that statement, what would Jesus do in this situation? Mm -hmm. Like we, we need to bring that back up. How? We, need to, we need to make that a thing. Go get us some WWJD braces. Listen, because how would Jesus handle this situation when I have to, first of all, so a little bit about me. I don't like drama. I don't like arguing with people. I don't like confrontation. So if I can just avoid it, I will. Mm -hmm. However, I God had me in a season where he had to help me understand the time to speak and the time to be quiet. Mm -hmm. I was always not talking. Yeah, I was quiet in situations that I should have spoke up about mm -hmm. at the appropriate time, yeah. right? And so... When those people came and they would say certain things, you know, that just didn't make sense, I started to change my viewpoint. And I would think, okay, well, so Jesus, when he addressed a lot of the issues, he didn't address the issue that you could see. Mm -hmm. He addressed the issue that was on the inside, the mm -hmm. internal issue, yeah. the heart issue. That is so you know? true. And so when I observed that, I'm like, when, so just for instance, there was somebody, um, I had some type of reel and I was like reacting to a song, like whatever, you know, I was just like reacting mm -hmm. and the dude, the thing was a dude don't know me. He going to say, what the heck is wrong with your nose? And I was like, what? I'm like, for real though, like where you come from? Trolls. Where did you come? Like you just, it was just itching your thumbs you were just like oh i'm gonna say this what what's wrong with your nose like you know and my response to them was with grace mm -hmm. 
But I addressed the issue. They didn't say anything back, and I actually went to check the profile, and it wasn't nothing popping over there. So I'm assuming that these we just got people that be trolling for no reason, just yeah. be just to just to start some drama and some mm-hmm. mess. But my response to him was, you know, this is the way that God created me. You know, it's it's not for you to like, but right. I pray that you are confident in the way that you look. Wow. <laughs> that's a Have a great, response. you know, be blessed. Yeah. Because that's the problem. You pointing out flaws in everybody else because there's something about you that you don't like. Yeah. You probably don't like your own nose. So that's why you paying attention to everybody else's mm-hmm. noses. Oh, I, I don't like mine. I want to, you know, I want to. Do whatever. So now everywhere I go, I'm pay- I'm looking at everybody's nose. Yeah. Like, yeah. Y'all don't like how her nose look. No, I don't want my nose like that. I mean, it's just be the it's the smallest things, but it's the nastiness mm-hmm. that comes from that where you would feel like you would have the audacity to try to make somebody else feel bad about the way that they look. Yeah. No. That's just and, your, and guess your what? Insecurities. And if you're you doing that too, and I know some people like we, that's even something to be mindful of. When your kids are watching, like they're watching right. those types of responses. Mm-hmm. And they're watching if you are the person who who points out parts of people's bodies mm-hmm. and makes comments about them. Even yeah. if it's not like an insult, but if you are always observing like, oh, you know, she sure is. Why is she so skinny? Or, oh, she kind of chubby. Or she, you know, I'm, you know, I'm guilty. I can I can be. I have. I'm not like. I'm not bad. I, I'm not bad. But there's like some things that just it take you off by surprise and mm-hmm. you be like, I'm trying. <laughs> like I'm trying. I'm trying. But in your mind, it's like, whoa, that's different. Mm-hmm. Like that's like wow. Like wow. Like dang, yeah. she is like <laughs> real <laughs> skinny. Like yeah, and because I don't. It's not normal. Or I mean, it could be the opposite. It could be someone that's. That's really big, or just maybe a certain part, some part some of, parts the, of, it, it, of the body. It's just it's more accentuated than you know. But and, and so the, yeah, and so I, I can't, <laughs> and I don't remember what I don't remember remember what the situation was, but I can't remember why. But something that I learned somehow, it was talking about um, why we don't why we don't comment on people's bodies and why you shouldn't comment on your kids' bodies. Yeah. And so I stopped doing it. I started trying to be mindful mm-hmm. to say, okay, maybe you notice something. Mm-hmm. Don't say it. Because what starts to happen mm-hmm. is you start to get insecure about your own body. Yeah. And you start to look at stuff. And, you, and then the same things that we, the judgments that we would make or just the observations, then we start looking at ourselves. And then the mm-hmm. kids will start getting self-conscious. And then one, you know, some like got, at the time, I had four kids. Um, Kate, he was always a little heavier. He just and he I, and I called him Chunky. That was that was his name since he was a baby because I called. Yeah. That was anyway. It came from his daddy because I used to call his daddy that too. So mm-hmm. them like you just you know you Chunky. Well, the kids started using that as an insult. With your chunky self. With your chunky self, <laughs> chunky, ch- you know. And then and and then so I had to tell like I even had to tell my mom. Because she would call Kai, she would call her fat fat because she was thick. Mm-hmm. She did it to me when I was a kid, right? Mm-hmm. But I was never, I was never overweight, but I was bigger than my twin sister. So she would call me when I was a kid or a baby from since I was a baby. Um, I said from since, 
since I was a baby, she would say, fat, fat, the water rat. She would call me fat, fat, the water rat. And I ate a lot. I always, like, took all the food and mm-hmm. stuff. I was always hungry. Um, but in, in growing up, I internalized that as I'm fat. Yeah. And so even as an athlete in college, I would look in the mirror and all I could see was I was fat. I grew up, um, got married, had a baby. Mm-hmm. I'm looking in the mirror. I'm fat. Yeah. And I was and I started to realize where those negative body image issues were coming from. It was stemming from the fact that mm-hmm. I was called fat my whole life and it was nothing fat on me. I remember I got so skinny. I can look back at them pictures and was like, what is wrong? And Isaiah kept telling me. You are skinny. Like you I did the same. You thing, are right? you are you are tiny, but I'm looking at myself and I'm like, I'm fat. Yeah. I w- I had body dysmorphia. That's what it and that's what it's called. And so somebody kept saying, You I think you're you know, you are you a little obsessive about the gym? I think it's just too much. Mm. Do you think I was about to lose my job? The gym on my priorities was top. Like, but anyway. Back to the back to the kids, because I'm all off subject. However, the kids watch that. They watch, they even look to see how you how do you feel about yourself, like how confident in your body and how confident in yourself mm-hmm. you are. Um Yeah, so So yeah, so one point for how do you raise godly children would be modeling. Modeling what their we behavior. Just, what we would just talk about be the example that you want to see in them, mm-hmm. because the Bible does say that you train up a child the way they ought to go, yeah, and that when they are older they won't depart, depart from, from it. it. Yeah. And so it's like, even when it seems like they're not paying attention, that they're not listening, they are. Mm-hmm. They see what you're doing, yeah, they more listening. so than what they hear you saying. Exactly. And when they get older, you know. As adults now, we can think back to our childhood and it's like, oh, yeah, I remember. So if you've ever have you ever had this moment where you grown now, you got your own kids and then you find yourself doing something that your parents did mm. and you'd be like, dang, I sound just like my mom. Yeah, I had that epiphany all the time. I be, I'm like, dang. Is Monique coming up out of me or something? I'm like, <laughs> literally sound just like my mama. And then I start thinking as a mama mm-hmm. because it's like when she did this, it wasn't because she wanted to control me or make me do this or that. She genuinely cares about whatever that situation was because as a child, I'm thinking it's okay, it's cool. Like, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm trying like, to run my she was life. like, princess. I've been your age before. Well. And here I am. <laughs> saying the, saying same, the thing. same thing. To my kids. Girl. Now I can't I don't really remember the younger ages, like below seven, but my daughter, she's gonna be 13 this year. Mm. And then my other one will be eleven. And then my youngest will be six. So when I look at when I when I look at my oldest two. I'm like, especially my older one, because she's like, it's, it's, they getting into them ages where, you know, normally they like boys and just, they more conscious. When she tell me the stories when she come home from school, I'm just so shocked. I'm just like, are you, are you for real? That's, that's what happened. And we talk about it. I love the dynamics of how 
our relationship is because she feels comfortable enough to come to me mm-hmm. and talk about what's going on in her world when yeah. she's at school. And I love that because as parents, we don't want our kids to hide things from us, mm-hmm. but they need to feel safe to come to us with these things as they get older. Mm-hmm. Now, my middle child, <clears throat> my middle child, she don't necessarily, she has a different personality. She's more like me. So she's not, oh, you say, how, well, how was your day at school? How did everything go? Oh, it was good. Okay, well, you know, tell me about your day. Oh, I mean, <laughs> nothing much. Just, you know, it's nothing. But yeah. when I ask my older daughter, I don't even really have to ask her. I'd be like, how was your day? It was good. Oh, and in the cafeteria today, um, this girl came over and she was doing all of this and that. And then she was, and da, 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 and she just will literally, I got one question and she's like, <laughs> unleash the whole spill to me of what highlighted her day. Mm. And I just listen. I just listen. That's good. I just listen. And then I, and then the other thing too is I ask her, what does she think about that? Yeah. I want to see what her viewpoints are on that. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, that's good. Cause when you do that, mm-hmm. what you're doing is you teaching like when you said you ask her, yes, and what her viewpoint is, you teaching her discernment. Mm. This we talk about we talk about discernment all the time, and you know, and that's something that I pray over my kids all the time. Mm-hmm. Like God, increase my kids' discernment, and the the gift of discerning of spirits. Oh yeah, we always talk about that, and we talk about situations where um, discernment would come up mm-hmm. because. I don't want them to be tricked or deceived. You know how little kids, they be always playing around and trying to trick people. Mm-hmm. Pranks and all of that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so they would do stuff like that and we would talk about it. I'm like, that's lying. Mm-hmm. No, I was just playing. I'm like, yeah, but you never said that you was playing. Yeah. You let it fester on and you just straight up lying. Right. But praying those things over your kids because there's only so much that you can do as a parent. Mm -hmm. And that's where it goes back to seeking God for guidance because, I mean, just to be honest, there's so much going on out there in the world. It's kind of like, how in the world am I going to raise my child to be godly when they have so much influence out there? They go to school. It's unavoidable. They go to school where, you know, People are openly, you know, proud to be in the same sex relationships. You go mm-hmm. to school and kids are cussing like sailors. Mm-hmm. Even in elementary school, these kids are cussing. Yeah. You go to school and people are, you know, just putting on, just for lack of better words, bad. Mm-hmm. Just slapping, t- I mean, like doing all kind of stuff, yeah. fighting, people getting into it. And these are the same things that happened when we were in school as well. But now they're the ones in the seat. Yes. And I I can, I have so many stories of all the stuff that I experienced and I was exposed to at school. So I can only imagine it. I firmly believe from what I see that each things are happening sooner, each generation. Oh yeah. So what you was exposed to in middle school is probably what your child has already been exposed to in elementary. elementary yep, yep. We got to think about who's raising the kids that your kids is with. Mm-hmm. They around who? They mama, daddy, cousin, uncles, whoever. Yeah. And now they bring that same behavior back to school, which goes back into 
how you model and you live your life is a good representation for your children because they're going to act just like you. If you're wondering, well, I don't understand why my kid is at school cussing. What makes him think or she think that it's okay to cuss the teacher out? What makes you think that it's okay to do this? Well, okay, well, let's do a little self-examination here. Maybe it didn't come from you, but maybe it's a a show that they're watching on TV. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's their cousin. Every time their cousin come over, they always got a a mouthful of cuss words and foul language. You know, they soak up like a sponge and then they think it's okay. They go to school and they're around other kids that cuss. I can just, when, I don't remember, maybe, I think it was maybe in seventh or eighth grade. It had to have been. It could have been fifth. I don't know. One of them grades. Where all of the, my friends and everybody in school, they started developing this slang language mm-hmm. and they would cuss. Yeah. Like it ain't nothing. So I called myself. My parents did not cuss. Yeah. I was not my raised around it. it. Okay. <laughs> it wasn't in my daily vocabulary. I didn't hear it all the time. So I called myself wanting to fit in. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm just, you know, I'm going to say some, some words and stuff. And somebody said, princess. You 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 trying a little bit too hard. <laughs> like you don't sound right this Like you you saying the words too hard. Right. And I was like, what? That ain't mean. And so that that became my language. And then when I came around my parents, I would automatically filter my words. I remember saying something to my mom, and I remember this, the instance. It was like a very large dog mm-hmm. outside, and I think we were driving. And I was like, oh, mama, look at that big ass. Dog, look at that big dog. And I caught myself. I was praying that she didn't catch the drift, which where I was going by saying the A word. And she didn't, or she didn't say anything. But I was just like, oh, you need to, you need to chill out with all this. Girl, she probably, she probably said, you know, let me go to my prayer closet real quick because I didn't hurt. (laughs) She don't think I knew, but I knew what she was about to say. (laughs) Look, but. I talked to them about the cussing stuff. Yeah. I want to know. I'm like, and she and half the time with my oldest, she bring that stuff up. Mm. Okay, well, yeah. What she noticed when she first went to middle school, yeah, um, her first year, she was like, she's just surprised that the people that are in a higher grade than her that she knew from elementary, mm-hmm. they act so different now. It's like they're act like they acting weird. Wow. Like they acting like different people. Like, they're all trying to fit in. This was her observation. Mm. And so she stopped being cool with one of the girls because she was cussing. She was um, hanging out with, you know, the mean girls mm. or whatever. And she just wasn't about that. And so they 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 stopped really kicking it like that. Yeah. I, it's not that I don't like you, but <clears throat> that's what her choice was. Okay. And I'm just like, okay. That's good. I must be doing something, mm-hmm. right? You've been praying about that? Because the fruit is evident. And so the good thing is that I see that I am being a good example. Mm-hmm. I fall short sometimes. Yeah. But I know for the most part, they are getting something out of what they see. Even though that there's been people that cuss around my kids. Mm-hmm. They, they dad, he cussed. Yeah. You know, when he was around, it was real heavy. My nieces and my nephew, they cuss. I tell them all the time, y'all chill out with all that cussing yeah. around the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, can we put something else on the TV? Right. We got kids in here. We don't need to be seeing all this sexualized scenes and mm-hmm. stuff. They understand. Yeah. They understand. You remember, um, well, we had this conversation and you were 
I think you had said, well, I'm going to just say this. <clears throat> so when you have a baby and you baby proof your house, right? Yeah. Because we don't, because we know that we don't want the, the, the baby getting into stuff that they don't have no business getting into. Mm-hmm. We cover the outlets so that they don't get electrocuted. Mm-hmm. Uh, we lock cabinets so that they can't go in them because we, sh- we have to kind of keep them from certain things and it has to be age appropriate. And so, um, in that same way, we can be doing that with our kids. So there's age appropriateness. So when, like, we have to be discerning of, okay, at what age do I allow them, do, do I open that, um, do I allow them to be exposed to just a little bit more, like to where I'm not so, oh, no, they can't hear a cuss word. Because, like, right now, if Cruz, he's two, if Cruz hear a cuss word, he gonna repeat it. he's going to repeat it. <laughs> so you, I can't, I have to be very careful mm-hmm. about, what's on around, even if on my phone, like I can't be, and thank God I don't have a whole lot of cussing stuff, but sometimes, you know, you scrolling on Facebook, Instagram, oh, girl. and it'd be stuff coming up on those reels. I'd be like, and I'd be like, oh, let me, uh-uh. That's and, what I I be and I don't want to hear it myself. I, exactly. Regardless of whether the kids are here or not, but I know if Cruz hear it, mm-hmm. oh, he going to school, he going, he, everybody, because he's, he has a, his, he speaks well for yeah. a two-year-old, so yeah. he gonna say whatever he hears. Yeah. But now, as far as my older kids, they hear cuss word, they know, they they know. However, though, I'm gonna say this: I do have one that has uh, that is dabbling in the. He's in the world of a. Oh, I already gave it away. See, I try not to be putting my kids' business out there. <laughs> I don't. I, I, I feel like I, I'm a, I'm the parent who I believe like I have. To, I need to respect their privacy yeah because they didn't ask for mama to be an influencer mm-hmm. <laughs> um so i'm gonna have to tell them like hey kate just i did say this but you know i i, I i'm gonna have to just talk to him because now i feel a little bad but anyway but it don't matter he'll be all right he'll be all right he has he's like a I, I i believe he's a cuss he's he's, he's cussing like he's cussing and he ain't get it from here Mm-hmm. we don't we don't cuss and just the same like when I was a kid my parents didn't cuss but I did go through a season to where I felt like I that's what I want to do like I'm a cusser like I just want to be like everybody else I want to see what it feels like to say a cusser I remember when I said my first cuss word it was so heavy and strong it was like it was just like too, it Kevin was, Hart it was so silly my mama told me to tell you uh, oh yep that's you what it was uh-huh yes that's what it felt and like he was he's you, you want me to say all of you want me to say the cuss right. words too and if he so it was so forced it never just <laughs> just came out like naturally it was yeah. so forced but um i have to guide him in this season i have to continue to model it because mm-hmm. if i what if i slip up and say a cuss word then he gonna say oh yeah okay so what i'm doing is normal this is right because okay. mama said this but um I'm having to teach him really like reaffirm when he comes in this house, like you are a man of God. Yeah. Now I know you're getting older and you, and you know that when you're not in front of mama and daddy, mm-hmm. um, that you feel like you can do whatever, mm-hmm. but you know who you are. And I know who you, you need to understand who you, who you, who God has called you to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also teaching him discernment because he's, he's been a homeschool kid his whole life, his first year in school, Everybody doing it's like his teacher called me and she was like, he was saying hard cuss words. Like the the cut, I wouldn't. I think even when I was cussing, I wasn't saying the f word like that. That was still like that was. It had to be like something serious for me to 
But and and so I was like, well, she said, Miss um, Miss Vance. I, I honestly, I don't think, I feel like you, I don't think y'all don't talk like that at home, do you? And I was like, no. She was like, I just know. And I'm like, she don't even know me, but she could tell, like, I know y'all are not those type of people. Yeah. But he said, she was like, he's, and she was like, it was surprising to her. Mm-hmm. He hadn't even been in school that long. Yeah. Um, and so we had to talk to him. And we, I mean, me and Isaiah are constantly talking to him, like, okay. You understand. And even when we're not watching, like God is always watching. Yeah. But what I'm trying to get to is um, I'm learning to teach him discernment, like mm-hmm. to model that, what that looks like, look like. So he has a phone and he's texting. He was texting uh, Sunday. So I serve at church for the second service. He didn't want to sit in service for a second time. So I let him go and sit like in the little um and one of the four years, mm-hmm. I decided to go check on him because I'm like, just because you're in church, you know, stuff go down in church. I didn't when when I was a kid, so I'm not just gonna just let you do anything. So I'm I went checked on him. Yeah, I sneak up on him because I was playing just just to play with him. I was like, boo. Didn't do the time. But then I looked in his phone, and I was like, and and, and every time I see him texting in my mind, I'm like, oh, who are you texting? Because mm-hmm. he kind of jumped a little bit. Who are you texting? Yeah. And he was like, um, whatever the little girl name is. And so I was like, let me see the phone. I see the phone. I look at the phone. And it's a picture of another girl. And she's saying, this girl is ugly, right? My boyfriend broke up with me for her. And she's trying to get Kay to, mm-hmm. to agree that the girl's ugly. And they trashing another girl tra- to trash talk another girl. And it, I was just looking at the conversation and the nature of all the conversations. And I said, okay, so this is somebody you call a friend? He was like, well, yeah, I met her through so-and-so. Okay, so, okay, who are you? And I, every time before we start, I'll, before I go, because I'm not going to just say, you don't need to be doing this. I said, who are you? And I asked every situation, who are you? I keep repeating myself. But he, and his response is supposed to be, I'm a man of God. So he can remind himself. Yeah. So I said, okay, you a man of God, you sure? Yes, mama, I'm sure I am. I'm a man of God. Okay, so would a man of God be talking about another girl in this way? Let him answer. Like, I ain't, again, I ain't telling him, don't you be talking, asking him those questions. Yeah. Should you be talking to this girl in this manner? Mm-hmm. Would you, if it was your sister, would you be, would you, would you, would you like somebody talking about bad about your sister in that way? And so I just ask him these questions and I let him answer to make him think so that then he can make the decision for himself to say, you know what? This is wrong. Like maybe in the moment it didn't feel wrong. Maybe mm-hmm. you got caught up in doing, you know, doing something stupid. But yeah. when I, when I frame it that way, I let him make his own decisions. Again, these are age appropriate. You know, I'm not going to tell Cruz, Cruz, who are you? Are you a man of God? You know, Cruz doing something. You say, stop. Don't do that. But as they get older, you start helping them to think for themselves. Because if I feel like if we control them so much, then we're not teaching them to discern. Like we're just saying, hey, you don't do this because I said don't do it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it don't matter what they say. Why? Because I said so. That's not teaching them anything. That's just teaching them to obey what mama says. But they should be saying, no, who am I? Who, have, who has God called me to be? 
And how do I navigate these situations? Mm -hmm. Like, how do I go about all these situations that happen day by day? No, we can help them hold their hand and guide them. So that's why I was saying, I like how you said Paris, she tells you about her day because then when these situations come up and you say, okay, well, what did you think about that? Yeah. It's been some real crazy situations. Yeah. Cause girl, these, these kids are, they a mess about fighting and stuff. And I'm like, so you think the girl going to try to fight you? You, she was like, "Uh, literally she's like, for what? Like, she don't have no reason to be fighting me. Like she don't have, she was like, no, like I'm yeah. not going to fight you like over this. She just, we just talk it out. Cause yeah. I just want to know, like, for me, it sounds like the little girl is a little bit drama seeking mm. and that she wants attention. Um, and she is ready to fight when she can't have her way. Mm. And so because of the situation, I wanted to know what her thoughts were on it. And I wanted to introduce the question, what would you do if she tried to fight you? Yeah. You know, because that's kind of where it sounds like it was going. But I also think that with all the things that we've said already, transparency is another big point because your kids need to see you being transparent and real with them. Mm Even being open and honest about your own self when you were their age. Yeah. Or even now as an adult, when people can like relate to you and see the realness and you not putting up a facade like you ain't never said no cuss word, for example. Right. Or you ain't never did nothing you wasn't supposed to do. Like you was just a perfect child. You ain't never got a whooping. Mm-hmm. You you know, just I didn't do stuff like, like that well, when I was a kid. I tell yes, them all the time, like, listen, I I didn't get, I didn't fight in school. I got in one fight outside of fighting with my little brother mm. my whole life. And that was like in between the fifth and seventh grade. Yeah. What? <laughs> what happened? And I told him what happened. And then I told him what my mama made me do. Mm. And what was that? And what she made me do. I got in a fight with the girl on the bus. And at that moment, she called me. I don't know what happened. It was so long ago, but I remember bits and pieces, of course. She called me a bald head scallywag. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> no one didn't wear. I went bald head. Remember, but say, have you ever? Oh, I don't God. think you. Because, you know, I don't know. Like, you know, I got hair, so I don't even. But the point of the matter is, I was looking at her like, you got the nerve. Girl. To say that. And it's like, I get in a moment where I'm like, my mind is like, slap her. <laughs> And then I get in my mind and I'm like, once I get in that groove, I'm like, I'm about to do it. I'm about to do it. I'm about to do it. And once I do it, ain't no turning back. Mm -mm. I'm not about to say, pop. All right, I'm done. I was just playing. Like, nah, we in it for real. That's me. (laughs) No, we ain't playing. And we just start going. We just start going on the bus. And guess what? I went home. I got off the bus. Her big sister was in the yard. Standing there, looking at her sister like, what happened? And then they started yelling down the street like, oh, yeah. And I just walked my little own self down the street. Mama found out what happened. Got a whooping. After the whooping, she said, did you win? I said, yeah. They said it was a tie. And she was like, oh, okay. Okay. My mama was a fighter. Wow. When she was growing up as well. But you know what she made me do? Walk my little happy behind back Go down apologize. that street, ring that doorbell, and apologize. 
And I was like, oh, I cannot goodness. believe you making me go down the street and apologize. Go down the street and apologize. You hit her first. Mm. You the one started that. And so when I talk to my children, even when they're dealing with each other, it's the perfect time to help them see how to act with people. Because mm-hmm. if you can't treat your own family right, we, we all can be guilty of treating the people that's closest to us the worst. Mm-hmm. And we give the people that's not close to us, like our friends and strangers, the best side of us. Yeah. How flipped is that? That is so true. And so when I see them arguing back and forth and they hit, they want to hit each other and all this different stuff, perfect opportunity to bring correction to the situation. Mm-hmm. You don't talk to her like that. You don't. Yeah. We talk to each other with love. Mm-hmm. Don't t- Don't put your hands on her. I don't care how mad she made you. You don't hit her. Yeah. We teach our kids. I don't know about how you, what your child's motto is, yeah. but it's just the whole thing growing up that some people are conflicted with, and they like, I don't care how sad you is. You hit me, we gonna fight. That was like my thing in my head, and yeah. the parents would be like, if somebody hits you, you hit them back. I mean, it's a, it's a little. <laughs> it's 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 something to talk about because people have different viewpoints, especially yeah. being Christians and things. Mm-hmm. And so that was my mindset when I was in school. Mm-hmm. I did not get in fight, but I did not start fights nor provoke anybody to anger to fight me. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, when somebody approached me with drama, I wanted to know why. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how about you find out what the problem is first? Because what I'm not about to do is fight you because... You think I want your boyfriend when really he want me. Mm. I'm not about to fight you over no dude. Are you crazy? And these are the conversations that I'm having with my kids. Paris is at the age right now where she has the same thing. Little boys liking her, but the girl like him, but he like her. Now she don't like her because he like her. (laughs) And it's like, it's a never ending circle of life. And so I, how you handle this, this my darling? Yeah. We don't fight over men, Mm-mm. over boys. Don't do that. Please don't. Especially, don't be that girl. Especially if that's some, you know, you know, just having these just having these open transparent conversations because they need to get that realness side of you. They they friends going to tell them everything that they think they want to hear. They think they know what they're talking about, but they don't. They didn't say some crazy stuff that makes absolutely no sense <laughs> at all. And so I'm like, listen, before you listen to your friends, I'm going to tell you what the real is. So mm-hmm. you'll be the one to go back and share what the actual truth is when they bring that stuff up. Yeah. Yeah. So. Girl, that's a, that. They, they got so, I mean, they have a lot to go through. When I think about all of the, the things that they have to go a through, lot. I'm just like, man. Yeah. And we got to guide, guide them through all of it. Mm-hmm. But it's keeping that relationship intact. Like, we need to be fostering a relationship with our kids to where they are comfortable and they trust our opinion. They trust our perspective. Yeah. Because when they don't, they're going to be going through some stuff on their own and with their friends who are just ignorant. Like you said, they can't tell us. They can't. They cannot guide our kids. Mm-hmm. They only know what a 12-year-old, they have a 12-year-old mindset. Right. And what they big cousin told you. Right, they big cousin. Oh, yeah, she said no. No, you need to know what's real when it comes to sex, when it yeah. comes to just like what, like what, you know, what we see on TV because it's around us. Like, they, they look at TV. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to sex, it's like 
Okay, so let me tell you, my kids, okay, no, not all of them. I have a book. I have a book, and I tell people about it all the time. It's uh, seven biblical uh, I mean, less lessons. We already had the sex talks. Oh yeah, then you times. need to get. Oh yeah, but I that book like is to. especially with now you especially uh, Paris and Peyton. It'll be good. It'll be some something good for them to go over. But mm-hmm. the book is designed for you to introduce sex to your kids around six years old. Mm-hmm. Because what because what they're saying is that. Sex is being introduced to our kids younger and younger, and you Absolutely. do not want the, their first encounter with sex to be from another child, mm-hmm. from pornography, kids at school showing stuff on their phone or getting into, like, I guess, like, getting stuff from the computer. Yeah. Because they, because at my kid's school, they, they were able to get on TikTok at school. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how, how did this happen? This is, this, I didn't send him to school with a phone. How he getting on TikTok on on the school computers? Like that's oh, crazy. And YouTube. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's not unblocked. They look at YouTube. Yeah, I don't like that because there's so much stuff on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's full out like pornography, but it's close, very close. It's entry into pornography. But um, so what was I saying? Well, you were talking about the book. Okay, the book. Yeah. It is a lot. So it was, it's, it's a little uncomfortable for me. It's called the seven, what is it called? Seven biblical, babe, can you go get the book? It's called seven biblical, uh, biblical lessons on, no, seven lessons on biblical sexuality. The talk. That's what it's called. Mm -hmm. The talk. The talk. Seven lessons on biblical sexuality. So I was like, oh, okay, so this will be like entry level. Like, this is good. You know, starts at six years old. I was reading a book. They were learning about all the body parts. They were learning about, like, uh, a woman and her cycle and, um, like, how just basically learning about the woman and then learning about the men and how when you're born and then how, like, just everything, like, the – the, the and they, they learn the proper terms, vagina. Like, so you don't say stuff like yeah. cuckoo or my cookie – no, it's a vagina. No, that's a penis. Cause because just because it takes out that I don't know. I don't know if you have you heard this, like when, when you give kids the nicknames, they're more susceptible to abuse because um and plus it I sounds mean, cute. Yeah, it's like, oh my cookie. No, it's not a I cookie. Never use that word, though. I've I've heard some other people. Right, I, I don't Yeah, I don't I don't say cookie. I don't say we I so we used to say cuckoo. And we just used to say Coochie. Coochie. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, that word don't really sound cute at all. Uh-uh. <laughs> nah, see, and I, that's what I used to call it when I was a kid. But actually, but the, way that, that, the way that it was presented as, as children was your private part. Oh, yeah, private. Yeah, yeah right. your private. My mom used to call yeah. all kind of stuff. That Pocket, was it. Pocketbook, corn purse. I was like, what? And it, it, sometimes she still says it, and it bothers me. And I'm like, uh-uh. What is that? And why are you calling it a pocketbook? Clean your pocketbook. What? It, let's, let's move on. Because <laughs> the, 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 the thought, the, the so image. It sounds, it, it honestly, it sounds just sounds weird. Like, like it, with the, we putting a change in the... Yeah, it's just so weird. How does that work? Right. And I'd be like, Mama, can you please Open stop saying it? I'm what like, you putting in there? Right. You putting something in there? <laughs> pocketbook. Anyway, let's move on. Let's, let's so... So it's vagina, penis, and we use and those words are normal words in this house now. Yeah. Um. And so, the book. Now the 
the second lesson, I thought that towards maybe like the seventh lesson, they will actually learn about the act, the full, mm-hmm. um, what happens. Mm-hmm. It was lesson number two, girl. And I was reading and I was like, okay, yeah, y'all, we on lesson number two. And it was like, oh, mommy, because they was excited. Like, yeah, they say, mommy, what's the book about science and, and the Bible? Can we read the science and Bible book? And so I'm like, yeah. So I'm looking at it first. <laughs> and I'm like, and, and actually Kai got a hold of the book. She was reading at an early age. So when I got the book, I left it on a couch. She came and she was reading it. Huh? I had to snatch it because it's not for a kid. It's not for the kids to read. It's for the parents to guide them through these lessons. Okay. <clears throat> but anyway. Lesson number two, I said, never mind. Um, okay, yeah, I tried to distract them. We're going to do something else. Because <laughs> this is a little outside of my comfort zone. Listen. But I had, but guess what? When Kay, before he went to, to Germany, because he, so now he's getting older. Yeah. He's getting more exposed. Now, he, when he leaves my house, because he has a, for those that don't know, my son is uh, from a previous relationship. So he has to leave. I don't even know where I'm looking. But... <laughs> He has to leave this household and they don't live the same way. Like he's able, he has more access to things that he's not, he doesn't have access to mm-hmm. here. So I knew he was getting to the age where he was getting curious. Before he left, I, I flipped open that book and I went to lesson two and I was like, okay, so, um, well, when a man, I'm talking about, it was talking about the, this is grown up, this is for grown ups. It was, I mean, is it? It's, it should be all right, right? It was talking about like the erection and what happens, the blood vessels, and I was learning some stuff too. I didn't even know that. Yeah. But it was like, and then the man inserts, but again, and this is biblical because uh, they're, they're teaching the kids what the book is about is that God created sex and it's a beautiful thing, but it is yeah. created for the parameters of marriage, right? And that's it. And so they, that that part was already understood. Mm-hmm. So I had to go to the whole thing, and he was like. Mama, why are you telling me this? And I said, because you need to know. Because somebody else is going to try to tell you something that is not what it is. And you need to know exactly what it is. And that God created this for men and women and for, for marriage, for the parameters of marriage. And he created it so also that we can, we can produce, that we can make children. How do you think you got here? And so he was like, oh, Mama, I don't want kids. But anyway, but he thought it was funny. <laughs> he thought it was funny. But I was like, I, I, I was so proud of myself when I did that because I said, now, like, mm-hmm. I got past this. Now I got to do it with the girls. I tried to, and they started, Carter started getting mad. When I said, she's, I t- talked about kissing, and I said, I kissed your daddy. Because, no, she said, well, how are babies made? And I said, what do you think? I said, how do you think you got here? I said, I kissed your daddy. I just, I didn't even tell her. I said, okay, well, I kissed him. She, this girl started getting mad just because I was talking about kissing her daddy. And that that's inappropriate. And I don't want to hear about this. So I'm like, what am I going to do when I teach her lesson two? Like, what's she going to do? I'm well, scared. That's important. I mean, that's a, a good conversation to have because I'm sure there are plenty of people, mothers and parents, that don't know how to have that conversation with mm-hmm. them. But if think about it this way. If you don't have the conversation with them, somebody, somebody will. will. So it might as well be you. Yeah. It don't matter how awkward. First of all, sex is not awkward. Yeah. 
it's because of our perception and how perverted the world has made it to be That's exactly that we what the approach it mm-hmm. in a negative, nasty light. Like, ugh, mm-hmm. why are we talking about that? Because it's something that's natural and you need to know about it because right. when your body parts start feeling a certain way and you start going through puberty mm-hmm. and you start feeling, you, you need to understand why your body is doing it, why yeah. you're going through this stuff. Because then, again, you're going to go back to school, your friends and your peers... And they talking about it. Mm-hmm. So then now it becomes normal in the environment of your friends and your peers. So it's like, oh, well, I guess it ain't, it can't be that bad. I'm curious. I want to just try to see. I wonder if mm-hmm. that's the way that it's really going to, you know, feel or whatever. Yeah. My reason for why I lost mine yeah. was the stupidest reason ever. Why? Because I wanted to see something. <laughs> Are you serious? It very. Wow. It was, I think I was a sophomore. Mm-hmm. And I had just gotten out of a three-year relationship. And we ended up breaking up um, because, one, he he wanted to have sex. Mm-hmm. And I was saying I didn't want to. Yeah. And so I ended up breaking my own boundary and saying that... Um, we can do it. So we tried, but it, it failed yeah. because of complications. Mm-hmm. Um, but I found out that at the time he was like, oh, well, I don't I don't like blood or whatever because I was a virgin. Mm-hmm. And so it never happened. Wow. Anyway, fast forward, I broke up with him. And I started dating somebody that I thought was cool. And all of a sudden I was just like, well, they say when you have sex, you're going to be in love and you know, and all these different things. So I was like, I'm just going to see because I just don't believe that I'm going to be falling in love with this dude. Yeah. And so here I am in my car, in my backseat. Wow. Losing my virginity. Worst experience ever in life. Do not recommend. <laughs> it was it was so horrible. Zero stars. And so because of that moment right there, my view on sex has been perverted mm-hmm. because now I associate sex with pain. Yeah. I didn't understand how all of that works. And clearly he didn't either because like I said, it was painful. It was very painful. Not because I was a virgin mm. because it was painful. It was dry like the Sierra Desert. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, I wonder if the mic picked ma'am. that up. Girl. But it what was, did your, it was horrible. So question, what did how was how did your mom approach sex? My mother always said to wait until you get married to have sex. We actually had a conversation and she was like, Princess, promise me that you're not gonna have sex until you get married. And I was like, I promise I'm not gonna have sex until I get married. And she just always talked about why we shouldn't. She told me that um, you know, when you have sex outside of marriage, here are the things that can happen. You can get an STD. You can end up getting pregnant. You can be falling in love with somebody and they don't want you no more. Just mm-hmm. a series of things that could happen yeah. if I made that decision. Okay. Um, so it wasn't, it wasn't bad, but I also did not understand the spiritual aspect mm-hmm. of sex yeah. and becoming one with that individual. Because mm-hmm. it is more than just a physical just a moment. It's more than it's more than that. You actually becoming one with them in spirit. Yeah, they and the kids they definitely like teenagers. They need to know that because they like they they, they getting when they become teenagers they're kind of preparing for adulthood. Right. And so you need to know the consequences if you when it comes to that age to where okay everybody's doing it 
they getting faced with these decisions. You need to know all the consequences of what it, what sex does. But see, my and it was I wish my mama taught me, but it was my daddy. Yeah, my our conversations about sex. He came in my room. We were like probably like sixth grade, twelve years old, because that was the age. You know, getting you're getting ready to go through puberty. If not, I think we we had already we started going through puberty. Mm-hmm. So my daddy, it scares him. Like he's scared. He like he come, bust open in my room. What you looking at? And y'all better not be having sex maybe i was i 12 okay i don't know i don't know the exact age but it was in around the adolescent ages somewhere between 12 and 11 maybe 11 and 13 Mm -hmm. because it probably was kids it probably was kids and he probably had heard somebody say that another some other kids were having sex um so he was like you better not have, be having sex because if you do all you're gonna be is a piece of meat and and then you're gonna be a single mother and your life is gonna be horrible that was just the, trying to scare you. That was a sex talk just scaring me. And I was like, okay. And sometimes if 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 it, if it came up in his mind, again, and that was him reacting. He I I honestly don't think that he went to talk to God and got wisdom on how to go about the sex talk. He was speaking out of fear. Yeah. Not out of, you know what, I want to guide them through this. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it's hard. I mean, he a man. So he's only looking from the viewpoint of a man. I know because I'm a man and they just going to look at you. They just going to use you. They ain't nobody going to love you. They going. And so in my mind, I was like, so you telling me that if some somebody, if, whoever wants to have sex with me, that means that they don't love me or that, you know, it's just, it was just, it, it confused me. And so even when I did have a, a boyfriend and we were in love, you know, we, we thought, you know, we had that, that little puppy love, like high school sweetheart or whatever. I started thinking, okay, well, so when, when I started seeing the discrepancy, no, he, this boy, dude, he actually does care about me. He really likes me. Mm-hmm. He ain't used me. We've been together for years. So now what? Then what's the argument? You know, so I started to see different stuff. But again, let me go back to what he said. It was reactive. It was yeah. out of fear. It was fear-based. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to make sure that I didn't do that to my kids. Yes, the idea of my kids growing up and wanting to have sex that scares the crap out of me. And then that they they are able to get pregnant or get somebody else pregnant. And I'm just like, oh, Lord Jesus, please, you're gonna have to guide me because I understand what my daddy was doing all that. Oh, and oh, oh, don't 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 let him be really into it. Oh, you going to hell. You have sex before you get married? Oh. You go to hell, you're gonna get STD, you're gonna get pregnant, your life's gonna be horrible, you're gonna be living in a little shack. Now look. <laughs> And I became a single mother in college. Mm-hmm. And I, it was hard for me to even go back to God because I felt so much shame. Because I messed up. I did what my daddy told me not to do. I had sex. Went to college on a scholarship. Mm-hmm. Had sex. Had a baby. Not with the not with the daddy. But also, so to like add to what you're saying, as parents, um, of course it is important to have a two-person household. Uh, the mom and the father. Mm-hmm. Right? Husband and the wife. The father needs to, his job is to love his wife like Christ loved the church. Mm. But his job is also to teach his kids how to love. Yes. By loving them as well. And mm. so when you correct out of love and you you set them down and talk like, listen, you are beautiful. Mm-hmm. You are gorgeous. Don't let anybody tell you anything different. Yeah. Now, my dad didn't sit me down and say that. My mom did, though. Mm-hmm. She will always tell me, Princess, 
you are you, you you know she would say those things you are beautiful you are so pretty you know that oh my gosh you know and she would yeah. just give me that because what I saw um, my best friend at that time she wasn't getting that her situation mm. was so hurtful because she didn't have her parents they mm. they both were gone they they passed so she had to stay with relatives and the negativity that was given was pull, was putting her down. Mm. You ugly. Look at all them pimples on your face. So when she went to school and she started getting attention from these boys, yeah. especially when we got in high school. Oh, you think I look good? Mm-hmm. Now you all open. Now you willing to give it away. And next thing you know, she, you know, she's like, yeah, I lost my virginity. I'm like, you did? I see. You know, I was still a virgin. She was like, yep. Not long after that, she had some with somebody else. Oh my and goodness. the count just yeah, kept just going up. Going. Not to put her business out there like that, but for the example of the two situations. Mm-hmm. It's like the way that you train up your kids, the way that you treat them and help them see themselves is very important. Yeah. So you may be afraid that your kid may make the wrong decision or choice. Mm-hmm. But we can't. We can't shield them from that Mm -hmm. what we can do is empower them and instill in them what the truth is so when they get out there when a guy approaches me he's like oh you're so beautiful you're gorgeous thank you right I know I appreciate that not to sound conceited or anything but it's like thank you for telling me something that I already know so when the guys at school oh dang you fine and that's what's up thank Mm -hmm. you bro right you not? I know. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> but no, but for real, like I, I know I'm, because I, you are, you should know, you yeah, should know that, that, you that should it should that doesn't flatter me. That shouldn't. Okay, you fine, and now you give me all this attention. That means I gotta open up my legs. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, because now you that. looking for people. Oh, am I? Oh, he thinks I, I look good. Maybe I should. No, but it's just missing that validation when you way. have and when you have girls. I mean, I can't I can't speak too much on the guys because I have girls. Mm-hmm. But it's like it's important for them to have that level of confidence within themselves so that they're not seeking it when they go to school, when they yeah. get around their peers and the other people. They need to know that they already are worth it. Like they're already worth it. Mm-hmm. They're already you don't have to give yourself like this is a precious thing that you have yeah. to just give it away to anybody because you think that you like this boy for the moment. You think about it in a context of what is nasty about it is that you are allowing somebody to enter into your personal space, into your body. You don't know what they've been doing with themselves. Right. And you just putting yourself out there. That's that's now that's nasty. Yeah. When you think about it, like you just out here having sex with all these multiple people. You don't know who they've been messing with. Mm-hmm. You should you should look at yourself as a temple. Cause that's what we are. Yeah. You need to know that what you have is precious and it Mm -hmm. shouldn't just be given to just anybody. Yeah. And when your kids have an understanding of that, especially the young ladies, it's not a guarantee that they're not going, that they're going to save themselves for marriage, but that's where the Holy spirit comes in. That's where you go back and seek God. God will put you up on game to tell you what's going on. Mm -hmm. Like, Hey princess, I need you to spend more. You need to go spend more time with your daughter with that one specifically. Mm -hmm. Because he knows something's going on. And because of the lack of maybe in a season, I'm not able to give her that much attention. Whatever it is. Yeah. God will guide me. Go and do this. I have no idea why. 
I he I just got it in my spirit. Like, okay, play some board games with her. You can't connect with her, my middle child, because she don't talk a lot to me. Mm-hmm. It's hard to kind of get in her world. She's so quiet yeah. to me. My other daughter, she's talkative, so it's not as hard. Yeah. But when I'm dealing with somebody that's like me, it's hard to get in. So how do we get in? What does she like to do? What does she mention? Maybe you should teach her something. Mm. Let's play cards. She loves playing cards. Wow. Taught her how to play speed. Just bonding and spending that time together. It's like, yeah, you want to play speed? Yeah. Okay, let's do it. Mm-hmm. We may not even be talking while we're playing speed. We may not be talking about nothing deep. But it's just the point that I want to make a point to connect with her. So that she doesn't grow up and feel like, oh, well, my mama, you know, my mom was nice. And, yeah, I kind of feel like she liked Paris better than me. Not saying that that's what she says, but the dynamics of my older daughter's relationship with me mm-hmm. is can't seem that way. Yeah. Because from their perspective. It's just easier. They don't, yeah. Cause it's then easier. They, she'll look and be like, well, I see them talking. Even though she doesn't. But to her, it will it could, if the effort is not put into it, it's like, she'll, she'll look at that like, I'm the victim now. Yeah. If, if it's not, if it's not intentional. So anyway, that's good though. And it's good. And it goes back again to the relationship. When we mm-hmm. raising our kids, godly children, when we're raising our children up into the way of um raising them up into the way that they need to go right that they the training a child into the way i don't know why i butcher this train up a child the way they ought to go the way they ought to go and when they and are they, old, when they are old they won't depart from it okay so when you train up the child that connection is important we cannot be training how can we train up a child if we're not connected to them like we need to have that, that connection is what i'm saying the connection, and here's a, this is like a little parent cheat code, like a, a hack that I always say I learned it from all of my, my parenting books. Um, but you connect before you correct. And that's from starting from when they're toddlers up until they are adults, really, even now. Like before you correct somebody, connect with them. That means understand what they're going through. Get into their world. Right. Even if they fail, even if they fall short. Like I want... I, I hope, I pr- hope and pray if my kids ever made that big decision to have sex before marriage, that they are able to come to me. They feel comfortable coming to me and saying, I did this. I messed up. And I can sympathize with them and say, you know what? I've, I've been there, too. There goes the transparency. Right. I've been there, too. I understand how you feel. Mm-hmm. Don't I don't want you to be feel shame. You made a mistake, but I want I want to be able to connect with them first and then say, now, listen, this is where you started. This is how I started off wrong, because you knew that you shouldn't have even been over there at that little boy house anyway, while there were no adults, you know. And so then because they trust you now, they trust they can actually retain and listen to the knowledge that you're giving them when you're connecting. So all of that is good. Um, So the points for how to raise your children Godly children in today's society is number one, seeking God for guidance yeah. because we can't do it by ourselves. Mm-hmm. Having discernment, not just you having discernment and also teaching your kids how to have discernment and praying for your kids to have discernment yes. as well. Being transparent, open and honest with them. That's number three. Don't hide stuff. Don't act like you just been saved all your life. 
be transparent with them and get in their world and then modeling modeling meaning that you need to actually walk what you preach don't tell them to do something but you doing something else Mm -hmm. so those are the four points of helping you raise godly children in today's society yes well that is all we have for you i think this i don't know how long this was but i think this was a great okay well this was a great conversation regardless of how long it is mr uh producer but um Anyway, I guess that is it, y'all. Thank you so much for tuning in to, to, to today's episode. Um, and, okay, so real quick, make sure that you subscribe to the channel. Also, follow the show on whatever podcast, um, whatever podcast platform that you're listening on. And we will see y'all mamas in the next episode. So, bye.